And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Hello and happy Friday to everyone. This is Rates and Barrels. I'm Al Melchior. I am here with Eno Saris. And uh, it being a Friday, uh, it's, believe it or not, you know, it's Fab Day. First fab day, opening day around the corner, first fab in front of the opening day. So we will mostly be talking about that. And of course, big news uh, on the Phillies that we will get to very, very shortly. Uh, just as soon as I remind everybody that uh, the 2023 Fantasy Baseball Draft Kit, of course, of course, has been here and been uh, online for quite a while. But got the I know bold got predictions drafts. up today. Bold, that's right. I saw Mino. Uh, so yeah, that's you can catch that. Uh, my Q&A with Keith Law is also up. There'll be lots more good content uh, in the, the coming days if you've got drafts right before opening day. So the, the draft kit is still still there and still growing. And you can access that. And of course, everything that's on The Athletic for just $1 a month for the first year. So check that out. Just go to theathletic.com slash rates and barrels with rates and barrels all written out. And uh, let's yeah get right to that big Phillies news. Reese Hoskins, unfortunately, uh, really unfortunate news. Uh, Reese Hoskins out for the season. So uh, kind of a, a gruesome play uh, on Thursday. Hoskins trying to uh, field a grounder, tore his ACL in his left knee, and he is scheduled to have reconstructive surgery. So uh, for those of you who, of course, already have Hoskins, that's going to be part of your your task, I suppose, in Fab uh, this weekend if your your league does that. Yeah, it's uh, it's a, it's really unfortunate. It's in his walk year. Uh, it's just an awful, awful uh, you know event for him. And um, you know, I, I wonder if it had anything to do with the offseason knee surgery. Um, but um, in either case. Uh, it's awful for him, and it's 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 honestly for people who haven't drafted yet, it's kind of bad for the first base pool. Uh, he was an interesting, uh, you know, way to bank a lot of power late. Um, some of the later first basemen are more modest in terms of their power, um, and so the first base pool takes a hit. Uh, there is a, a possible replacement in Derek Hall for Fab and for draft. Uh, but uh, the one thing about Derek Hall is he does not make good contact. He's a going to be a low low batting average guy, even lower, I think, uh, than Hoskins would have been. Um, and so I think uh, he's somebody that you can pick up if you were a little short in power. And it is nice to see that he has improved his strikeout rate this spring. There's a little bit of signal in that. Um, his strikeout mm. rate so far is uh, 15% this spring. Now, uh, when I say there's a little bit of signal to that, you would still regress it pretty heavily to his uh, to what he's done in the past, which is more like a 28 to 30% strikeout rate. But 
that does represent his upside. If he could strike out even 25% of the time like Steamer has him striking out, I could see him with a 240 batting average and not being too far from a Reese Hoskins replacement. Yeah, because the power should be there. I think one thing that will restrict Hall's value is that I, I don't anticipate he's going to play much against left-handed starters. I think he got 12 plate appearances all last season. Granted, he wasn't up the whole year, but still barely got to the plate against lefties at all last year. And I looked at uh, how he did last season at Lehigh Valley against lefties, and it was not encouraging. Uh, in fact, yeah, I've got the slash line here, 184, 255, 336 against lefties. Uh, and he did get uh, a good number of plate appearances there at Lehigh Valley. So that's eye-opening. Uh, that's something else. <laughs> yeah, quite. Not not in a good way. He was so definitely aware of those splits. <laughs> Yeah, well, we'll we'll talk. Uh, like I said, we're going to have a conversation about Fab, so we'll revisit this and and talk about where Hall should be pursued. Uh, Twelve team, fifteen team, maybe deeper than fifteen team. See where we land on that. Uh, in terms of uh, in terms of you know getting back to the the comment that you made about the first base pool really being kind of power light, uh, lower in the in the pool. Does this, in any upcoming drafts, does this give you maybe a stronger incentive to go after, say, a Christian Walker, a Vinny Pasquantino, uh, and, and not take your chances in the, the middle to late rounds? I saw Hoskins as the end of the beginning of the first base uh, crew, um, mm-hmm. but uh, the deepest and most interesting part of the first base grouping for me is the middle. And right there from about a 150 to a 280p, you've got, I kid you not, I kid kid you not, I'm not going to use the other word. Uh, I kid you not, 10 first basemen that I like. I mean, not, I don't like every single one of them, but there's 10 first basemen in there uh, from 150 to 200. That's a lot. And a lot of them are good. So uh, take your pick, uh, whether you like Mountcastle or Telez, or you like Rizzo or France, or you like Bell or Naylor. I like Naylor a little bit, but uh, take your pick from 150 to about 220, actually. There's a ton of first basemen. And none of them are going to hit as many power, as many homers as as Hoskins. So if, if that's how your build is going and you really need that power, maybe you wait even later and take Hall later. But uh, there's plenty of ways to get 25 homers between 150 and 200 in the ADP. Okay. And just looking even deeper here in terms of the, the domino effect in Philadelphia, I think you know we'd see obviously the big uptick in, in playing time for Derek Hall. Uh, on MLB.com, they talked about Alec Bohm moving to first base, which actually was something that I figured we'd see because you look at that roster and beyond Derek Hall, there aren't really a lot of players. He, I mean, almost that, and Bohm's defense hasn't been well rated. So there was almost maybe the sense that he was headed there in the long term anyway. Yeah. So maybe that's expedited. But like I think said, Hall is, is, yeah. is, can still play there now and Bohm can still play third for now. So I don't think that'll happen necessarily. But yes, against lefties we will see josh harrison step in uh almost assuredly edmund sosa is uh, more of defensive glue i think for this team than he is uh, someone that needs to start against lefties i think harrison okay is, yeah maybe harrison plays third and Baum plays first against lefties 
Yeah, it could be Harrison, could be Sosa at third, uh, again, as that short side of the platoon. I think this maybe solidifies not only the roster spot, but some playing time for Jake Cave, uh, although he too, like Hall, I I think you'd only see him against right-handed pitching, but that's the fatter side of the platoon. So, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, some intriguing possibilities there with Cave as a little bit of power. But let's uh, go to the broader fab discussion here, Eno, and let's start broadly with that. Uh, it's the first week, so this is always a, a conundrum for me. I feel like I never get this right. So do you plan to save up your, your dollars for, I don't know, May, the middle of the season, uh, You know, even later than that? Or do you just go for it early and get I'm the aggressive. players that... I'm aggressive. Yeah. The to win a player now could give you six months of goodness. To win a player during Fabapalooza, when a uh, when a player comes up from the minor leagues later in the year, gives you less of that player, and also puts you in a bin with all the people that have saved their money. You know, if you're aggressive early, you're theoretically not competing against the entire league. Because some of them are saying, I'm going to save my money, right? So <laughs> later, you're going to be up against everybody. So I, I tend to be more aggressive early. I don't know that I would spend two, uh, 20% of my fab on Derek Hall. Um, but I might spend 11%, especially if I came out of my draft saying, ooh, power. Or if I just lost Hoskins and I just lost 35 homers off of there. Uh, throwing an, uh, an 11 or $13 bid, 11 or 13% bid out there to make sure I got that power back, even if it hurt me in batting average. Uh, who else are you going to find on the wire that could hit you 30 homers right now? Yeah, I'm trying to think. Um, yeah, not not likely in that you'd uh, find yes, anybody. Everything is a little bit lesser, especially because it's batting average. In 12-teamers, you're more like a 3 to 6% bid on this guy, right? Because... You do have somebody else out there that could hit homers. Yeah. Oh, you mentioned Telez before. I'm looking right now. He's got a 61% roster rate on CBS. So, so he's like, out there. Yeah, exactly. I pick he's, up Rowdy uh, in a second over Derek Hall. Yeah, it, easily, easily. Uh, I'm just taking a look at who else might be uh, <coughs> available. Brandon Drury, but I'm not counting on a repeat of, of last season. I mean, I take him over Hall just because I think he'll hit for better batting average. Here's an interesting name, and I, I don't think he's ready for 12-teamers yet. I don't think you need to take this plunge right now, but I think maybe over the course of the season, maybe we'll find that Will Myers is going to be ready for 12-teamers again with the move to the And, the and nice again, because there is that sort, of, uh, that sort of offering, if you've lost Hoskins, you do not have to spend hard on Hall. You can put a you can spread your bids around, and if it, there's Myers there and there's Hall there, I would actually put Myers ahead of Hall in my uh, in my my bidding and I would in a 12 team ride probably bid like, you know, five or $6 on Myers because I did just lose a bunch of power and I would rather have a guy in there. Um, you know, to Les, I might go, I go to six, maybe Myers at four or five and, and, and Hall at two or three really. Okay. So when you're talking about going 10, 11%, that's more 15 teamers where, gotcha. you know, when you're looking on a 15 team wire, like for, for example, for my TGFBI, when I look at, uh, who's out there for power, 
Uh, I'm looking at Jerkson Profar. I, I'm skipping ahead. Probably these are names that we'll probably yeah, talk go about. For it. But Matt Carpenter, you know, I'm if uh, like if I need power, I'm going to go get Matt Carpenter. And if it's Matt Carpenter versus Derek Hall, I might take Derek Hall. Matt Carpenter's on a team that also has Nelson Cruz on it, you know, and also has other options. If Matt Carpenter scuffles a little bit, they'll they'll do other things. I think Hall has a little bit of leash because. In terms of a lefty hitting first baseman, he's probably the best option. Now, what if Nelson Cruz scuffles? Well, Does I mean, maybe yes. Those are interesting <laughs> names. I'm, I, I, I am circling those names as like if I need power, I'm looking at those guys, uh, Matt Carpenter, Nelson Cruz. So maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe uh, Hall is more of a seven or eight percent because if you have somebody like Carpenter or Cruz out there, you could you could drop a five or you know a four or five on them. Well, the thing I think that would justify that 11% bid on Hall versus Carpenter is that I don't, you know, that was just a hypothetical I threw out there that that Cruz loses playing time. Of course, Fernando Tatis Jr. coming back. So I don't know how long term the regular playing time is going to be for Carpenter. It's obviously going to be there I think the point still holds that there's not as much power out there on the wire. You know, so Hall would be immediately one of the best power options on the wire. Yeah. And Carpenter certainly has that that potential when you you when you asked who's out there that could hit you thirty home runs maybe Carpenter could but a lot of question marks. He showed there up about... in a cool thing on my bold predictions chart. I think I've referenced it on rates and barrels before, but he showed up as a hitter that was top quartile in contact rate and top quartile in in um, barrels. So Carpenter may still have some juice left. Yeah, certainly looked like it last year for sure. Uh, now you mentioned Profar before. How shallow do you think we should go with him? He's still pretty widely available. So twelve teamers. I think he should he be should pretty aggressive with them. I think this is about the best landing spot he could have had. I think he's going to start all the time. I think he's going to hit two sixty with eighteen homers and you know uh, maybe seventy RBI. You know that's definitely above average in any league. It's maybe average-ish for a 12-team. but So you what do you think, 5% somebody, in a 12-team? Uh, yeah, the- yeah, I don't think I would. Yeah, it's it's also not very high upside, right? So in 12-teams, a lot of times you're chasing upside. So maybe there's somebody out there on that wire that has more upside. Let me look at your list here real quick. There's got to be, um, you know, like if, like if Masataka Yoshida is on your waiver wire for some reason or Kodai Senga, or Jordan Walker. You know, these are names that you have listed here as being available uh, and being added. If those guys are available, then don't worry too much about Jerkson Profar. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, you can put them on your bid list, but, you know, put them last and put them for $1 to $2, you know? Yeah. But if you're That's fair enough. You know, it's it's yeah. funny to say we talk about like a 12 team league, right? And it's like, well, there's some 12 team leagues where they have 15 man benches and there's some 12 team leagues that don't have an MICI and have five man benches, you know. <laughs> In those leagues, Jerks and Profar may not actually be playable. If it's like a three outfield 12 team league, where right. What's what what's Profar going to do for you? Yeah, well, he's going to be probably going back to the wire in a week or two. Right. <laughs> yeah. up. Or you just play him uh, on the other home, hand, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And on the other hand, now on CBS, his roster rate is currently 29%. That's clearly way too low. Uh-huh. 
But it also means, I mean, he, it, I don't see that going up to 60 or 70 over the weekend. So we'll see on Monday if I'm wrong about that. But NFC, he's uh, at 61. I assume he will actually, because NFC is mostly 15 team leagues and some 12 team leagues. I assume that number will get uh, to 90%. I mean, Dylan Carlson's at 93%. Would you rather have Dylan Carlson or Jerickson Profar? I would definitely rather have Profar. Yeah. Okay, so he's going to be Profar is going to be one of the most added guys in the NFC this weekend. If you, if yeah, you, yeah, it is running this weekend. It looks like, right? So, you know, but that is an important piece of context that that's a lot of fifteen teamers. So those roster rates are going to be higher, just like CBS's tend to run a lot higher than Yahoo or ESPN. So you know, a, a you know twenty nine percent rate like Profar's got that means he's he's a long way away from you know being unavailable in, in 12 teamers. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I just don't think you need to prioritize it this week. If you miss out, uh, you know, there's, yeah, there's, there'll be somebody else next week. It may be, maybe it's pro far. In fact, like, I said. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's not so. he doesn't, like even Dylan Carlson. Like if it's a keeper league, I could see almost saying keeping Dylan Carlson over pro far because there's a little bit more upside there. I mean, pro far is nearer to the end of his career. He doesn't have, he doesn't have much ceiling left. And I don't think that, Colorado is going to automatically turn him into some superhero. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Not, you mentioned Yoshida and you mentioned Jordan Walker, and I included both of them on the list of people to talk about because, yeah, they're not really that likely to be available in a lot of 12-teamers. Maybe you'll get lucky, but I think, you know, we're talking about kind of the really shallow formats, you know, that you talked about. like aggressive of them if they were there, though. Exactly. They're, yeah, you're not going to get another shot at either one this of them. This is the kind but of walk- thing that you, that you would save up for in season, except you could get them now, you know? <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. Walker is on the most added list on ESPN. Those roster rates are lower. And let me see if I can find that roster rate for Walker without taking too much time. It's uh, 26%. So again, typically shallower leagues on, on ESPN. So if you're playing in one of those, yeah, definitely make a big play for Walker because probably won't be there uh, this time next week unless it's a super, almost super definitely uh, making the, making the, the, the team. There was a little bit of a uh, injury mishap, uh, but I don't see a new update on that, so I assume he's all right. All right. Well, keep tabs on that over the weekend. And uh, just add a couple more Cardinals here to the list. Names I was surprised to see on most added lists because I didn't think there he's, was that much yeah, room been left back to add in them. The lineup already for ten days. It looks like. Okay, well, that's that is encouraging. Uh, so a couple more Cardinals: Brendan Donovan and your guy Lars Newtbar both on the ESPN and CBS most added lists. 
but not a lot of room to get them in 12 teamers. So I would think this is the weekend if if you want to get them. How aggressive should we be? I like Donovan a lot. Uh, if you're in, even in a 12-team league, with if it's a head-to-head, uh, Donovan has a, a, a really interesting use case where uh, he'll just play all over. And I love in head-to-head just getting those extra plate appearances by plugging him in on days off for other players. And anytime you get that day-to-day uh, tag on a player, you can have Renan Donovan on your roster uh, to play for them. Um, and uh, I just I, I love having a player like that. It doesn't have to be Donovan. I've had other players like it, Isak Paredes, Luis Urias, all those guys. But, you know, if those guys are gone and Donovan is there, then go get him. Um, and the added benefit is that he has been pulling more fly balls and hitting for more power this spring. And the Cardinals did lead the league in pulled fly balls. So if he joins the pulled fly ball party, that uh, could change a lot because the biggest thing about him is he's uh, if wor- if worst case scenario, he's David Fletcher and uh, he's not going to be in the league that long. Best case scenario, he does add power and he becomes a league average regular. Either way, this year, he should have a decent batting average and something like 7 to 10 homers and 5 to 10 steals. It's just the kind of like lineup spackle, as a friend of mine calls it, uh, that could really help you uh, get through the season. So aggressive, but not like a big bid, because like I said, you know, what if he hits 10 homers and steals 10 bases and that's near the top of his ceiling. You know, that's not someone you want to spend $300 for in the first week. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it depends on your categorical needs, which I know sounds like a really weird thing to say before the season even starts. But if you're looking at the composition of your roster and say, Hey, I'm, I'm kind of lagging in batting average, then I think you could that's go a, a little that's extra on Donovan. Forward, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, looking at his roster rate on CBS, 73%. So again, already making some inroads into 12 teamers, but right there behind him, uh, Tyro Estrada, 70%, uh, not quite as much positional flexibility as Donovan, but I think, you know, they could kind of fill a similar need. Uh, Estrada more so with with stolen bases, but who just uh, taking categorical need out of the equation, who would you prioritize, Donovan or Estrada? I like Estrada a little better. He's going to hit more homers. He's going to steal more bases. There is, I guess, some uh, worry about how the Giants are going to uh, put this roster together. Um, as always. As always. But uh, you can't count on Donovan to start every day either. Donovan's not necessarily sitting on top of a, of a depth chart at a one position for the Cardinals either, as I understand it. Am I right? Yeah. Or is he the second baseman? No, I think that's that's right. It's something I would worry about. Who's the second baseman? Who am I not thinking of? On which? On the Cardinals. <laughs> Cardinals or Giants. Oh, uh, well, he could be the second baseman. I think that's where he slots in. Yeah, I don't think, more, I don't know. I'm not sure not. that Gorman makes this team. I still, I still prefer Estrada because I, I think there's similar, uh, you know, situations where they might not get 100% of the playing time, and Estrada uh, is going to hit more homers and steal more bases. Well, the thing is, if Gorman doesn't make the team, then who even competes with Donovan? Well, DeYoung is hurt. There? I mean, Taylor Motter maybe makes the the roster, but don't see him. You be quiet. I had made a point, and I'm not going to waffle on it. 
I still prefer Estrada. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. I'm not trying to talk yeah, you out yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah, but uh, looks, you're right. It looks kind of like Donovan's the everyday starter at, at, at second. I don't. I just don't think Gorman's going to make this team. Well, the Cardinals are one of those teams, that, like the Giants, like the Dodgers. It doesn't even matter who's on the roster. I will worry about playing time, mm. about anybody who's like batting fifth or sixth or lower. Yeah, they do move guys around. Absolutely, they do. So, uh yeah, I, I do understand. Said, concern. signed, uh, annoyed Juan Yepes uh, owner last season. <laughs> Just put him in the lineup. Uh, <laughs> uh, I've got one more name for you, uh, and I'm not even sure if he belongs in this discussion, but, you know, steals are steals. So Bubba Thompson, should people in 12-teamers be pursuing that steals potential? I'm not in on Bubba Thompson. I mean, I missed I missed him the first time through because I don't don't think he's a very good hitter, um, and so I might miss him again. But Grossman, Robbie Grossman is a switch hitter. Uh, Adolis Garcia is probably an everyday starter, and Leodis Tavares I think is probably one of the players on this team, Leodis Tavares, that could have the most upside in terms of a young player that could just really come into his own. Uh, if he just accesses some of the power he's shown in the minor leagues and, uh, and puts that together with his defense, I don't think you, uh, you take him out of the lineup. So I think Tavares gets his first like sort of full season everyday shot this year. And uh, Thompson is more of a traditional fourth outfielder that uh, doesn't play that often. All right. And uh, Tavares dealing with a strained oblique. So I don't know if that. Oh, shut up, man. (laughs) Oh, God. Rooting all the. uh, There's so much news. It's so hard. Okay. Thompson is a candidate to handle center field while Tavares. Okay. So Thompson's a good play, but a short term play. All right. Well, that's. Yeah. Because that's where I was going to go because and again this now takes us to maybe a broader you know more philosophical question heading into the first what do you spend on a short-term play exactly how important is that i mean should we be steals though you know one thing i have noticed is that um people think tend to think too long term and this is a bias i have where i'm like this guy's a good player i should hold on to him through this six-week injury should you is he that good you know and so uh tavaris i think being hurt um, makes it more likely that you draft Bubba Thompson than Tavares because Tavares would have been one of your like late game strategies, except now he's hurt. So you want to go into the season holding a late game guy who's hurt or just go into the season with Bubba Thompson and drop Bubba Thompson for the Otis Tavares or somebody else when Tavares comes back. You know what I mean? So I think we should think more more sort of week to week with our back end hitters. That's been something that Jeff Zimmerman talks about. He's had a lot of great success just being very aggressive in terms of I need to have plate appearances this week in my lineup. So, uh, you know, that's something to think about. So you made me waffle again. Great. (laughs) Bubba over Leotis. For now, long term, I believe in Leotis. If it's a keeper league, don't drop Leotis. There's Leotis has, I keep saying, putting an S on his name. Leotis has uh, something to him that I. I like, which is that he demonstrated higher power in the minors 
and uh, he's got good max EV. He's got good max power. So if he just accesses a little bit more of that and gets his barrel rate back up to six, seven percent, like he had uh, coming into the season, now you got a guy with speed, seven uh, percent barrel rates. He could hit uh, two sixty with a three thirty OBP and a four twenty slugging if he if he has that sort of stuff. And that's like a fifteen homer, twenty to thirty steals guy. Like I think he has that in him. Bubba is more of a. Uh, not like Billy Hamilton, but kind of, you know, just like not a very good hitter who's very fast. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, uh, let's go to some pitchers uh, for 12 teamers. And uh, we, we got some deep guys to get to, too. So we won't uh, belabor this too long. But, you know, I talked a little bit before uh, starting this this uh, episode, you know, and I had Spencer Turnbull on the list and you were you know, sort of like Spencer Turnbull. 12 teamers, really? His roster rate on CBS is 57%. So if he's going to be picked up this weekend, that you know, that means that you might kind of miss your your window. I just did a draft on, on CBS, and they there's these weird draft things that happen. So I think Spencer Turnbull is ranked, right? And since he's ranked, mm-hmm. he shows up before a whole mess of pitchers that are unranked. And uh I was drafting at a little league game. Uh, and so I tried to fill my queue before, but at some point I was at the mercy of well, who can I find in this draft room, <laughs> you know, late. And, uh, when I started going through the unranked, uh, pitchers, I was like, oh man, there's a lot of good pitchers in here that I missed. And I, other people started taking guys like Edward Cabrera, who I was like, what, where was he? Dang it. You know? <laughs> So I I think there's uh, these weird little biases uh, from ESPN to CBS to wherever, where even in auto new, uh, there's a you can click a button that gives you top ranked uh, like uh, like free agents in the draft room. Right. There's Mm -hmm. bias in that. Like you're not going to see someone lower. Um, and so I would assume that has a little bit something to do with Turnbull being here because I, I, I'm not speaking ill of him. I just thought that he might be somebody that could be on your 15 team wires and that you could pick up, but, uh, maybe, maybe, uh, that's not true anymore. He's had a good spring league average stuff plus, which actually for a starter is above average. He's got a great home park, but the, the dimensions are changing. Um, I like Turnbull as a medium, like a decent floor, uh, medium ceiling guy and, uh, should be pitching to begin the season. And, uh, you know, I, I think the tiger schedule is all right. So, you know, it's a, all right, well, it's a guy to pick up. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Let me put his availability and let's toss Matthew Boyd in there. Who's just behind Turnbull in roster rate. Uh, and toss in Patrick Sandoval. I'm surprised 70% roster rate on CBS. So he's not necessarily universally available in 12 teamers, but worth looking for. Some of this is you start playing the schedule game. If you look at uh, the Tigers, they open against the Rays in Tampa. If you've you've got a top three starter, and I think Turnbull will be one of the top three, uh, then you like him. The, if you've got Matt Boyd and he's the fifth starter, he's going to get the Astros in Houston. That's a little bit less exciting. Um, and so you kind of want to know where they slot. If you're just guessing, I would put Turnbull ahead of Boyd pretty significantly just because I think he's going to be higher in that rotation. So given what Boyd has done this spring, then you're still not finding him as like somebody to to go a little extra on I mean, if like Sandoval's out there, the then yeah, go harder on Sandoval. 
I mean, he's not okay. something that pops in my model, but he's done really well, and it's possible my model doesn't capture everything. And the Angels play the A's a lot, and they start in Oakland and Seattle. I'm not afraid of either of those. And then they go home. And the Blue Jays, that that that, that I might want to skip. But Sandoval, uh, you know, against the A's? Yes. You know? If you have to skip against a Blue Jays start to keep him on your roster, I think he's probably still worth it. All right. Uh, and a little less available than Sandoval. Just moving on to relievers here real quickly. David Robertson, and again, I'm just using CVS as a guide. And as you said, you know, there could be some wild fluctuation, just players relative to other players on different sites. But uh, Robertson at 75%, so kind of on that that cusp of maybe available, maybe not available in your 12 teamers. And then, uh, you know, on the Thursday show, we talked about the Rysel Iglesias injury. So AJ Minter, at least in the short term, should be a save source. So let's say or both Joe Jimenez. So one of those two. I kind of True I kind of like okay, Joe let's... a little bit better. Uh, I think that just the the not lack of knowledge uh, of who's going to get the saves should reduce. If you have, let's say, you are willing to go to eight percent or eleven percent for a closer that you're pretty sure is a closer, reduce that in the spring because we don't have uh, games, we don't have saves, we haven't seen mm-hmm. what the manager is doing. Whatever the manager is saying could be uh, wishy washy, could be a lie, could be anything. You know, it's they're just appeasing the media. And so uh, until they actually use a guy in the po- in in the save situation, we don't actually know who's going to use him. So that re- should reduce your output. I do have Robertson uh, ahead of anybody in Atlanta. I would probably go Robertson, Jimenez, um, Minter, Ottavino if I was ordering them. And I might uh, top out with Robertson at sort of, I don't know, 6%, 8%. it's a little bit rough to kind of go to 11 and 13% for Robertson without knowing he's going to be the guy. And yet I suspect that, and I think that like six to 8% range seems really fair to me. And yet I suspect that's probably not going to get it done, but we'll see. If you, if you, if you really are hurting on for saves, like push Robertson to 11, maybe, but don't, don't push those other guys past that because uh, you don't know. You don't even know how long (laughs) Iglesias can be out. That's absolutely true. So something something important to keep in mind. So like I said, we've got a number of uh, deeper league fab targets to get to. So uh, let's talk about those. And I'll start with somebody that was also uh, recently discussed, and that is Orlando Arcia, because uh, the, the newsworthy worthy item there was the demotion of Vaughn Grissom. So I'm guessing this is a kind of a short-term thing for Arcia. And uh, 15 teamers. I don't know, though. Uh, Why would it be like, like, there's no, there's no like, oh, if Von Grissom does X, he's coming up. Like, I think Orlando Arcia just might be the starter for the, the, the Braves this year. Uh, he's done it before in Milwaukee, he got 546 in 548 plate appearances in two years. Uh, been about a one wooden player. I, I think that the Braves are just like, that's what our shortstop is going to be. He's going to be a sure handed guy who uh, gives us one win and the rest of the lineup is going to be awesome. And he's our catchers are awesome offensively. So our hole is going to be at shortstop. Okay. And uh, right now he's just second base eligible. So that's something also to keep in mind. If the hole you need to fill is shortstop, Uh, not to say that you wouldn't target Arcia because in a 15 teamer, I think, especially if you're righty, you know, I mean, that's, that's a great player to be able to pick up in the first weekend of fab. I mean, a great monolith uh, guy. If he's, if he, I think he probably didn't make it through the draft, but 
Yeah. If he's out there in NL only, like I'd, I'd go pretty aggressive on him because that's a short, that's an MI at least you can have all year that can hit like 240, 250 with 10 to 15 homers, five bags. I think he can do that. Yeah. And the thing is, if you don't get him, let's say you do need uh, to fill a second base hole right away, it's you're not going to find anybody, I think, close to that right. uh, in a deeper league. How about Josh Donaldson? I was sort of surprised. We, you and I, did the same thing. We looked at our TGFBI uh, waiver yeah, wires sitting right there, and I, my eyes Donaldson went to him. Donaldson was on mine. Yeah. I was a little surprised <laughs> by that. But I'm part of the problem, right? I didn't draft him. I haven't drafted him anywhere. I probably am stigmatizing him for being late in the career arc and did have some drop off last year, but still hitting for for good power in a, in a very good lineup. Yeah. Uh, he's had a good spring and he's got a swing adjustment. Um, and so, uh, it, you know, it's interesting that he's still hitting 220, 230, despite accessing more of the power this spring. Uh, and that is his projection. So that should uh, help you rein your enthusiasm in. Uh, remember that his projection is for about 225, and he's hitting that in spring, even as he's been good. So he's really just maybe a CI replacement for Reese Hoskins, maybe a guy you put down bid under Derek Hall, uh, and uh, maybe a reason that you shouldn't go super aggressive on Derek Hall. Because if you can put Don, Doss Donaldson on that same bid list, what's uh, how different are they going to be? Donaldson, if you gave him 600 play appearances by most of the projections, is like a 25 homer hitting 230 guy, 225 guy, and that's not too far from where Derek Hall is. Yeah, pretty pretty similar. I imagine that they will wind up, uh, assuming Donaldson stays healthy uh, and Hall keeps the job, I would imagine they wind up with pretty similar lines. So that's a good a good call there. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Well, we talked about Matt Carpenter earlier, uh, but uh, he's available in a lot of deeper leagues. James Outman, he's come up, it seems like in every episode, you know, but 
the the mystery's been solved. He has made the Dodgers opening day roster. We still have questions about roles. We'll probably have questions about roles, you know, as we get into August and September with the Dodgers. But uh, do you feel good enough about the playing time possibilities for Outman to not only pursue him in 15 teamers, but go, you know, as high as like four or five percent? The thing that I don't like about Josh Outman is Jason Hayward and the fact that they are both lefties. Yeah. So I don't know what's happening there in center field, really. Is Hayward the backup? Is Outman the backup? The projections aren't super kind to Outman. Uh, I guess similar to the kind of Donaldson Hall types we're talking about. Low batting average, lots of strikeouts, and good power. Maybe a little bit more steals than Donaldson or Hall will have. And outfield eligibility. Uh, but if you're just looking to replace a, a power bat, I could put him on the same bid list, but I would put him behind Donaldson. So how regressive would you go? Like 3%? I think Not even 1%. There. Because one. I, I just, you know, even if he does make this team and Hayward is the backup, there's still Trace Thompson. There's still uh, Chris Taylor as a righty taking bats away from him against lefties probably. Right. right. Yeah. Always going to be a roster crunch there. Will Benson, at least initially, looks like he's going to get some regular play uh, in center field. Nick Senzel still coming back from his big toe fracture. Did make his spring training debut on Wednesday. And in a piece on MLB.com, there was some discussion there about how Senzel is maybe going to be more of a a utility player. Going to get some reps at third. Uh, Of course, he's played second. I'm finally Uh, out on Nick Senzel. (laughs) (laughs) Finally. Okay. Well, are you in on Will Benson? Finally did it. Uh, I don't know. I we we talked. I think maybe it was yesterday or just recently about. Uh, oh, I think it was earlier this week uh, with Chris Welsh. We talked about how how is Christian Encarnacion Strand going to come and make this team? And to me, what I saw in the outfield for the Reds is just a cycling through process. They are going to try out Jake Fraley, Will Benson, and T.J. Friedel. They're going to try out uh, Stuart Fairchild. They're going to try out uh, maybe Michael Ciani will come up at some point as a center fielder. Nick Solak is getting uh, tries in the outfield. They've got Richie Martin and and Henry Ramos getting tries in the outfield. So I think they're going to cycle through people. And, and Will Myers is probably that's his, going to be his station. Um, mm-hmm. So you've got a lot of bodies there. You've got a lot of players there. And I haven't even gotten into more of their prospecty types, you know. Um, so, uh, also, uh, 11 strikeouts in 41. That's uh, pretty decent for Benson. That's a, uh, 27% strikeout rate. Uh, he's projected to have a 31% strikeout rate. If he had a 27% strikeout rate, he might hit 220, 225. Uh, got more s- speed than the other guys on this list. I would put him ahead of Outman on a bid list. Yeah, definitely in the short run, a better playing time outlook. Yeah, I think, and, I, I think yeah. you know, Fraley could play center, but even if Fraley plays center, then it's Benson versus Friedel for a corner. And I think Fraley's kind of out of center. Uh, so I think it's, Benson could be the primary starter in center field for the short term. Yeah, and he could, he could rest control away. Like what, if he's playing well in center, then there's no reason that you're going to put Senzel in over him. All right. Uh, well, we got 
just uh, a, a few more, actually just one more hitter that popped up on my uh, waiver wire and TGFBI that I'll certainly be looking at. And that's Dominic Smith. And again, if you were, if you lost Reese Hoskins in a deep league, you're not going to be able to replace Reese Hoskins, but I think Smith has as much upside as anybody. Yeah, he's uh, got a good spring. Uh, his projections are uh, very stead, but what are you going to do in a deep league? He's going to play. I think uh, they're going to give him a shot to play every day um, and, uh, you know, gives them uh, possibly next year with him as a free a- 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 before he hits free agency. So uh, to get two years out of a, a first baseman, they, they got off the wire, basically. I think they're going to give him a shot and let him play every day. And it is a nice power environment for a player who was playing in a much worse power environment in New York. So if that can help his uh, slugging percentage over 420 or something, then you've got a guy who could hit 250 with 18 homers or something like that. Um, Yeah, it's not Reese Hoskins, but what are you going to do? Better than Derek Hall in a 15-teamer. Certainly a better batting average. Uh, and and one that's closer to to uh, to Hoskins, right? You would have you would have you would have been thinking you're gonna get a two fifty average from Hoskins. So uh, I, I think if you if you look at your build and you say, uh, I really can't afford to go down to two twenty with this this player, like Hoskins had needed to be my worst batting average, you know? Then, then I think it's Smith. But if you had Hassan slated in there for the power, I think you won't haul. All right. Well, let's uh, move on to some pitching options here. Uh, Jared Schuster uh, looks like he's going to be getting that fifth starter spot with uh, Atlanta. J.D. Brubaker's had a great spring. We've talked about him on some past episodes, but here we'll revisit him here. You've mentioned you like Kyle Gibson is a, a late round option and he was available, I think you said, uh, you know, in your TGFBI waiver wire. So that was a little bit surprising. And Nick Pavetta, not very broadly rostered. So uh, Schuster, Brubaker, Gibson, Pavetta, anybody stand out to you that's worth more than a dollar or two? Mm-hmm. Well, Pavetta is a tough one for me because he the model has liked him forever. He had a good spring in, in terms of stuff plus and, you know, but you know, the models liked him forever and he hasn't been that good. And, uh, that's a tough home park for me. He's got the Orioles at home. Um, if he's in the top three of the rotation, uh, he might get the, uh, he might, uh, I don't know what he, I think he'll be in the top three of the rotation, but just because the, the back end of the rotation is, is younger players that don't have as many innings. If I'm, if I'm correct about the way that Red Sox rotation was slot. So the Orioles at home is not a great first start. And for Gibson, uh, he's got probably the Red Sox on the road. <laughs> um, and I like that even worse for him. So uh, those those aren't necessarily uh, places I would look uh, in the short term because I do think that they will be streamers. If you think they're somebody that you're just going to pick up for cheap this week, not start them this week and start them in, in subsequent weeks, um, you're still going to have to be careful with, uh, with Gibson because the series after this is Orioles at Rangers. I mean, if he's the ace for the Orioles, then he will get Orioles at Rangers. If he's anything behind, behind that, he gets the Yankees uh, in, in, in Baltimore. And I don't, I don't want him for that. 
So, uh, you know, it gets, you know, when you play the schedule game, you're like, oh, I think I know what's going to happen. And then, you know, well, that guy rested a day or, oh, we're starting Gibson as the fifth starter because of whatever reason. You know what I mean? It's just like, oh, man. But uh, but they are very schedule dependent. So as you start to get more of a knowledge of they're announcing opening day starters. Right. And as as some teams, yeah, have gone. There's been a thing where. Uh, baseball wants to announce all the opening day starters at once. So that's why we're not hearing more about um, opening day starters since like Mitch Keller was announced. Um, but uh, JT Brubaker would get the, would get Cincinnati in Cincinnati if he's one of the top three starters or the Red Sox in Boston. So I like JT Brubaker. I'm not starting him that first week. Yeah, now you said before he was uh, matchup dependent and the Cincinnati one's going to be tough because you want to avoid the park, but how good is that offense really going to be? But yeah, Red Sox would definitely want to miss on that one. And then Schuster, uh, is there a scenario there where you would want to pick him up? Uh, you know, the, the model hates him and gives him a sort of 70 stuff plus. And so I'm not in on him long-term um, in terms of, you know, I'd want to see him defeat the model longer than than he has um but he hides the ball really well and deception is supposedly part of his game he starts the Braves start at the nationals and at the cardinals the cardinals have a pretty good offense but that that park has traditionally been a pitcher's park so i don't mind his start so much i could see picking him up as a short-term guy even though i think soroka is going to come and take his job later if you don't need a starter and you're not really streaming then i think the smart play might be actually to throw a dollar on like soroka if you can wait uh, a couple weeks because i think soroka will come up and take that job all right well excellent way to wind up this discussion Eno. so appreciate all the analysis appreciate all you Tuning in, good luck with your fab this weekend and any drafts that you've got coming up. And just a very, very quick reminder here that you can uh, reach us with uh, any questions that you have. Eno's on Twitter at Eno Saris. I'm on Twitter at Al Melchior BB. You can email us at ratesandbarrels at gmail.com. Rates and barrels all spelled out or drop a question in the comments uh, under the YouTube video. So again, uh, thanks so much for listening and we'll be back with you on Monday. Thanks for listening.